This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. Good morning. This is Frida Liu. It's Raise Your Game. Now, it's no secret that there is a direct correlation between organizational culture and employee performance. High-achieving employees exuding contentment and job satisfaction are generally the happy reflection of a company with a positive culture, which is generally discernible the moment you step into the premises of the organization. You'll feel an environment and see it in the upbeat demeanor and attentive service from the employees. Unfortunately, a negative culture is also very perceptible. Many people claim to feel the toxic culture of some kind and observe it in the unsmiling faces, brusque attitude and apathetic service you get when you try to engage with employees. Uh, you can also tell by examining the recruitment and retention statistics of organisations if its culture is conducive to nurturing talent or is scaring it away. Uh, what is organisation culture and why is it so important to the success of an organisation? Does it evolve on its own and does it need a will and a strategy to achieve it? How can organisations improve on their culture? It's the last Monday of the month again and with me is Human Equation founder Sheila Singham to give us some insight into how companies can work towards a positive organizational culture. So, uh, Sheila, welcome back. Thank you. Um, the Tools for Transformation series. How do you define uh, organizational culture? Well, let me just give you a definition that's already out there. The Business Dictionary outlines it as encompassing an organization's expectations, experiences, philosophy, as well as the values that guide the behavior of its members. Now, values are fundamental to driving organization culture. And all of these are underscored by shared beliefs, attitudes, sort of common, you know, like the, the business customs, and of course, written and often unwritten rules that kind of have developed over time and are considered valid. You can see it in the self-image of the people. People in the organization are confident. They're sort of happy. You can see it in the inner workings of the organization. There's transparency. Um, People are empowered to make decisions, to innovate, to create. And also how it interacts with the outside world. Is it, you know, guarded? Is it open? Is it friendly? Um, you know, does, does it sort of, um, is it able to stand under scrutiny in terms of its operations and practices and all that? And so it, it's, it's usually not something stagnant. It can develop over a period of time. It can improve over a period of time. And it can also deteriorate mm. over a period of time. Yeah? All right. So why is it so important to have a clearly defined positive culture uh, for your organization? Well, um, studies have shown that uh, a positive culture directly impacts performance. Why? Because the culture actually determines the way that employees interact with each other in the workplace. So if your if culture is sort of built around transparency, everyone's very open with giving feedback. So, um, you know, you don't have sensitivities and, and politics and backbiting and all that taking place. Um, it also makes the organization the employer of choice. You know, everyone wants to work in Google and Facebook and all that, right? Because, you know, it, it's got such a, it, it, it's got a, a sort of like a tradition of having a really good culture. It's like the place where I can be me. You know, I can be heard. I can create and be recognized for it, right? Uh, it also gives the employees a sense of direction, a sense of cohesion, a sense of um, bringing them on a common platform so they're aligned. So it's like this, now, you know, Frida, if I'm going to build a building, let's say I'm going to you know, put a, a block of bricks there, 
everyone needs to be carrying it at the right time, mm. the right direction, and there needs to be sort of like rhythm, rhythm, mm. right? But if everyone is putting one brick here, one brick there, what kind of wall are you going to get? One seeing it wall that's actually going to collapse. So mm. like, the culture is actually fundamental to the strength of the organization in driving it forward. Another thing also is, um, I don't know whether I mentioned earlier that it makes you the employer of choice and then it also um, increases agility because uh, the culture is such that you give people the freedom to innovate, to perform. You're not threatened by the bright one to perform. New ideas uh, are welcome. So agility means then then you allow the company to adapt and innovate uh, in tandem with the business environment. Mm. Okay, So ultimately, all of this, a sense of happiness, a sense of well-being, a sense of being recognized and accepted for who I am and what I do, as opposed to you know, somebody else's expectations being imposed on me, uh, all of this um, contributes to, to, to driving the organization culture and contributes to building a culture which is not just perceptible within the organization for the people, but also it's perceptible outside. I mean, I'm sure you, uh, you and I both experience when we walk into an office and then sometimes we say, wow, it's like a great atmosphere. Mm. I'm like, you know, basically even coming into BFM in your new office today. Mm. It's, it's lovely, you know, everyone's so cheered up. Everyone's really happy. There's more space. And all that also makes a difference. But you and I have also gone into organizations mm. where like, you want to run out. Mm. You know, it, the, 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 the atmosphere of, of doom and gloom and oppression is palpable. Mm. You can like, you can cut it with a knife, as they say. Mm. Uh, so Okay. Uh, can you give some examples of companies that have a positive culture uh, that attracts employees and does it correlate to employees' rights and freedom to be themselves? Definitely. Google is, as I mentioned earlier, a very good example. Um, you know, Googlers are known to be driven, talented among the best. I, I had a friend who was working in Google and she said she never had such a happy time in her life, right? Another one is Facebook. Um, other than the stock options, open office space, they've got like, you know, different buildings to do different things. And they create a lot of outdoor roaming space. Even the CEO works in an open office space alongside other employees. So they're, they're attempting that flat organization. Now, you have a lot of millennials coming into the workplace. They like flat organizations. You give them too much hierarchy and feudalistic kind of mentality, and they're out of there because they want to be recognized, right? Mm. Then you've got Adobe. Adobe likes to give its companies challenging projects. I mean, they're the creative line. And then provide the trust and support to help them meet those challenges. Okay? So they avoid micromanaging. They, they empower you. Go try out something. Uh, we give you that room and freedom and all that. And it doesn't use ratings to establish employee capabilities. Right? Mm. They feel like ratings inhibits creativity and all that. Managers take on the role of the coach rather than policing the people. Mm. And then also you've got Netflix. Mm. Uh, you know, so Netflix seems to have a very sort of like interesting culture attracting people. I mean, maybe it's the nature of the business, but they they don't monitor the staff through vacation policies and annual re reviews. They just set clear expectations. So employees aren't judged by the hours they work. Mm. 
You know, they are judged, they evaluated according to your abilities and accomplishments. And deliverables. Yeah, and, yeah. Th- and this is something today, you know, you have, you think you're paying people to come to the office 9 to 5, and then you expect them to sit there till 7, because you as the old school baby boomer manager is sitting there till 7 o'clock, so you think your people need to be there. And I, and I had a millennial tell me that's nonsense. I'm very efficient. I finish my work by mm. 6. So, you know, let me go and live my life, you know. Mm. So, all these kind of rules and the more restrictions you put in, the more cramping is the organization culture. Right. Can a positive organizational culture simply evolve or do companies have to work at achieving it? I Maybe initially when you have a small startup, Mm -hmm. it might kind of like evolve. You know, you have a lot of startups which are very creative. So creativity is there and then there's a lot of back and forth, you know, transparency, feedback and all that. You are like a family. But as you grow and grow and grow and grow bigger, it becomes harder to maintain that. Then you actually need a conscious will and um, strategy to develop and design the culture you want. Now, um, business leaders, of course, are vital to the creation and communication of the workplace culture. But sometimes you have companies that have been established for a long time with a certain type of culture, Mm. like a delightful culture. Then that kind of um, uh, culture actually then influences the kind of leadership. So if you have a toxic culture, um, and then that will actually influence the kind of leader you attract. It's the culture that also attracts the leader. Mm. Now, if the culture is currently counterproductive or toxic and you want to change it, then you will require a strong no-nonsense leader to come in and say, okay, this is how it is and this is what we're going to do. And if you like it, I mean, accept it, adhere to it, stay. If you don't like it, you can leave. Mm. You are going to have a lose, lose a lot of people if you want to change the direction of your culture. But instead of it coming from the top, I feel that the corporate culture should be organically derived. Okay. That means it should come from the input of the people. What are our values that we espouse? What are our beliefs, the attitudes? What do we want to see happening in the workplace? What do we want for our employer? What are we willing to give you if you give us that? Again, I've talked about workplace currencies before. Everybody wants something. Okay, nobody just comes there altruistically and mm. works and gives their life and soul. I want something. And today is not just about money. It's a lot of other things, appreciation and so on. So once you've defined the culture, you've decided with the input of the people how it should be, then you've got to advertise it. Mm. You've got to advertise it internally. So like, you know, through every way, communication, all your operational um, stuff, you know, that, that you're doing needs to, you know, have the culture embedded in it. You need to to drill it into the daily conversations in the office, right. you know. And then also soon when you hear, I mean, I, I work with companies like this, we take their values very seriously and the culture very seriously. And they, they, they filter into every area from HQ to branches, into everything they do, whether it's fun, work or play, they are embedding the cultures everywhere, the culture everywhere and the values everywhere. And you actually see people very proud of that fact, very mm. proud to be working there. Right. Mm. So so you need to develop the culture, then you need to advertise it, not just internally. You need to advertise it outside also. But if you're gonna advertise it outside, then you've got to make sure that whatever you're doing in the company that you're portraying out there to your business uh, partners and, and customers, stakeholders and all that, you better be congruent, like right. people are gonna end up laughing at you. <laughs> 
I'm here with Sheila Singham from Human Equation, talking about shaping a positive culture for your organization. Uh, we'll discuss this further uh, after this. BFM 89.9. Breakfast for Masters. BFM 89.9. You're listening to Raise Your Game on Enterprise. Frida Liu here. Uh, in our, it's our Tools for Transformation series. I'm talking about shaping a positive culture for your organization. Uh, Human Equation founder, Sheila Singham here. It is the last Monday of the month. Um, you know, what happens to companies that do not put a priority on shaping the organizational culture or do not see it as a foundation for a strategic plan? I would say in the long term, the sustainability is going to be affected. A company is not its physical assets. A company strength lies in its people. Mm-hmm. If you don't make the effort to shape a positive, uh, productive organizational culture, people are just going to go. People are going to come in the short term and people are going to go. Now, the strength of a company, its sustainability lies in continuity, Right? How long do people stay there? Um, do you have a succession plan for your people and so on? Now, if you don't have all of that, how are you going to be sustaining? How are you going to be growing? How are you going to be innovating? Right? Mm-hmm. Toxic cultures will actually cause like, like a souffle, you know, internally cause mm-hmm. the collapse of the company. Right. So companies need to, a lot of companies place so much of time and effort on their business strategy, the goals, the bottom line, and so on. So they put profits above the people. Now, I'm not saying you can't put profits at the top, but why can't you put people together with the profits in tandem? As you're growing your profits, you grow your people. What people don't understand is that you can't grow profits alone. You've got to grow people. Mm. You've got to keep people happy so that they end up being productive, so that they want to give you more. You know, in any relationship, right, mm. if you are giving 100%, people will give you back at least 80%. Mm. You know, but if you are not giving, if you're restricting and you are, you are policing and you're watching and you're mistrusting, how are you going to expect people to go beyond and above the call of duty, the extra mile to give you more than what you're expecting? All right. So what usually drives the organizational culture? Fundamental is a value system. Now, many organizations uh, come up with bringing a consultant, you know, branding consultant and all that and say, okay, this is where we're going. This is what we want to be. This is who we want to be and portray out there. So come up with a vision, mission, values. I totally feel that all of this needs to be organically derived from the people. Mm. Okay, So values and how they are translated into behavior. You and I have seen so many companies with beautifully written set of values on the walls, right? You know, all, you know, in sculptures and all that. When you walk in there, nobody is embodying those values. So what's the point? Mm. You know what I'm saying? Another thing is employee engagement activities. You really need to engage with people, especially in today, when uh, you know, era where you have got millennials who want to engage. They're very social people. They're all the time socializing on social media and hanging out here and hanging out there and wanting that work-life balance. You need to give your people a work-life balance. Expecting people to work from nine to nine and then work on weekends and public holidays and calling them when they're holidays and all that, that is nonsense. Right. Okay, you need to respect people's time for themselves. Mm. 
And then again, it's got to be you know the the culture needs to be driven. I mean, come up from the um, grassroots. Mm. You got to listen to their input about how they want things to be in the organization. Not you decide. You decide on everything. The decor, the this, the that. I know a company where every floor they they own a building. And every floor, the people in that floor are allowed to design their chill-out space. Ah. So you go to every floor, the, the, the pantry and the, the relaxed place, uh, it's very different. Right. You know, it's kind of reflecting the personalities of the people on that floor. And it's yeah. very exciting because everyone feels that it's like my space and it's, it's a kind of place where I'm really comfortable. Hmm. And then, of course, you need to get management uh, support and buy-in. If the culture has been derived and this is what you dictate that it should be, then you got to walk the talk. Lah. Hmm. You don't tell your people you got to walk the talk and then you go and sit in your ivory tower and do something else. Right. right? So, of course, then it has to, you have to make work fun. I mean, I, I, I mean, this is an old philosophy, the fish philosophy, right, from the Seattle fish market and how um, they, from just um, vendoring and fishmongering, they turned it into a fun activity and there was a philosophy that was derived from that, mm. right? So make work fun. The physical environment is very, very important. I, I love your new office, by the way. Mm. Uh, can I come here sometimes <laughs> and just chill out? Uh, do you think they let me do that? <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. Mm. Uh, so bright and, you know, open and transparent and all that. And of course, lots of empowerment. Hmm. No, empowerment, you know, kind of drives the organizational culture. Right. No, okay. It's, you know, you're talking about we've we've gone to offices and we've seen all these missions, vision statement and all that, right? And I just wanted to, you know, uh, share an experience when I was in the, uh, the Intercontinental in Jimbaran. And there was a little simple sign there that says, make them want to come back. Hmm. And they were two or three experiences. I'll just share one where we were just having a meal and they said, hey, do you not like, so the last meal said, do you want an ice cream? I said, no, no, it's okay, sorry. And he just took two ice cream. I was with my friend. Uh, this was our company trip, BFN company trip, and gave us two free ice cream. And there were other similar experiences where they went over and above themselves. And I'm talking about this and I want to come back. Yeah. So the staff were empowered to treat the guests to make them want to come back. Absolutely. It was you just amazing. to empower the staff, especially if you're in the field of customer service yeah. where you're dealing with customers. It can't be that, you know, if something goes wrong yeah. and then uh, the staff are not empowered, like at least to give you a fruit yeah. basket or a free something. But it was just a very simple gesture and a very simple statement. Make them want to come back. You know, not, nothing fancy, nothing about core values, nothing about that yeah. uh, sometimes, right? But so how can you tell if your company has a good culture or not? <laughs> very interesting. First, look at your turnover. Mm. Examine your turnover statistics. Lots of people coming in and going out like KL Central like that, then <laughs> something wrong with your corporate culture. Okay. Mm? Then you need to get an independent party to do your exit interviews and surveys among your employees. Mm. You know, people, when they're going out, they're like, you know, your culture is bad. They're going out. They don't want to say so much already. They don't want to burn yeah. their bridges also, right? Yeah. So if you're getting HR to talk to them, and of course, a lot of times, um, in hu in companies, human resource management is a bit of an oxymoron because they're not really managing the expectations and needs and desires of the human resource. They're policing and you know mm. using implementing policies and procedures. So an HR person not necessarily the right person to do the exit interview. Now in in um, the the TV series Billions, right, which is about you know a, a company that that is uh, invest investing in stock market and all that, they actually have an in house counselor. Mm. Now, so if you're really a large company and you're in a very high-pressured sort of business, what's the harm in putting a counsellor there to actually do these exit interviews, to talk to people and mm. get a feel of what you know is going on? 
right? Another thing is examine the tools for evaluating customer satisfaction. Are they adequate enough? Because you see, your culture is not just what's happening inside. It's how people see you as well, right? Troll social media for what people are saying about your company. Are they saying nice things by and large? Of course, you'll have the one or two grumblers and complainers. But by and large, is it positive or you know, are you mm. getting more negative than positive? Next thing is gossip tolerated. Mm. Is is there is a culture of people sitting at work, you know, uh, the, the the coffee maker, going out for lunches, uh, talking, gossiping, saying bad things, and all that. If that's it, is that something that's prevalent in the organization? Backbiting, politicking, are people who behave badly, you know, indulging mm. in gossip, uh, sort of um, victimizing their staff? Are they being promoted and rewarded? Okay. Mm. Do you have do you, does your company have a succession plan for developing talent or do you just expect people to go in there and develop themselves right then is there transparency in feedback is there strong communication between departments or are they working in silos and then one department doesn't know what the other is doing very simple uh, way of seeing if your culture is good lah are people smiling yeah. Uh, are people smiling? Are they chilled out? Are they willing to step over outside of their role to maybe, you know, cover for somebody else in times of need? Uh, what about the structure? Is there a lot of hierarchy? I mean, sometimes you have like regulatory bodies and all that. They feel that you need to have that hierarchy to preserve the the sanctity of the institution. But I don't necessarily feel that way. Mm. Um, why can't people call each other by first names? Mm. Why do I have to Tansri you and Dato you and Dati new and all that sort of thing? I mean, you know, all the while you've been my companion, never had a title. Suddenly you acquire a title. Suddenly I have to go into the titles and that sort of things, right? Mm. So notice, are your managers policing or are they mentoring and developing people? Is there EQ amongst the leadership in your company? Mm. Okay, so all of this will tell you whether your company has a good culture or all not. Right. Now, how can a company create a positive culture that is sustainable? Start with clear, organically derived values which come from the people. You go and put some highfalutin values up there, and people are, hey, that one means what, ah? You know what I'm saying? They don't even know what it means, let alone how to translate it into behaviours. Okay? And then you can have the generic behaviours that reflect the values. But you can also go to according to each department because each department has different competencies, different mm. work roles and all that. And you can actually ask them, how will you translate those values into behaviours that for your department, that are relevant to your department. Mm. Okay? So I would say don't get somebody who doesn't know the culture, some foreign person to come in and then sit there for one week, observe you, and then come up with values. Get it done with your people. Mm. You know, and, and we actually have a strategy on how this can be derived. Right. So when people see that, hey, my values up there, are up there, then they really feel a sense of belonging. The next thing is once you have your culture, your values, your vision, mission, and what you want people to be doing and saying and how and all that, communicate, communicate, communicate at every turn. You know, you, you need to have like boards up there and, and uh, you know, TV screens and it's there, you know, in your electronic sign-off for your emails and stuff. Then you create rituals that foster collaboration and right. employee engagement. Lah. Regular gatherings, the usual team buildings. Now, one thing I advocate to every CEO, ah, 
have a CEO breakfast once a month or once a fortnight. Just get random people from different uh, hierarchies in the organization, the new hire, the office boy and all that, to just come in and have breakfast with you and go and do like a round robin and ask them questions about how they feel things can be improved, what they feel about working for this company and all that. I mean, they might not necessarily tell you the truth, but the fact that you are listening to them over a period of time and then you take this feedback and act on it, they begin to say, oh, okay, the boss is really serious about knowing what we want and, you know, ha- uh, changing in the culture, right? Mm. Developing. Next thing is to hire for fit. Ask questions directly related to your culture and values to see if your candidate aligns with them. If they don't, then right. you know, that's not the person you want, all right? Mm. And then part of your branding strategy, convey your culture to the outside world. Shout about it. If you're practicing it, shout about it. Many companies don't shout about it because they put it up there and forget about it. So it's, it's not even part of their daily ritual, you know, whatever they do. And of course, reward those who embody and practice and reflect the culture and values. Today, uh, everybody is like, what's in it for me? Mm. Is, it, is, it, what, what, is it impact my KPIs to do this? So, okay, translate it into their expectations. Right. Now, on the flip side, how does the culture of an organization get eroded or poisoned? <laughs> you and I know this. La. We've been in uh, organizations. First of all, if you allow toxic behaviors to flourish, gossiping, backbiting, politicking, rumour-mongering, passive-aggressive behaviour, tardiness, failure to meet goals. And then you reward all these people again with um, who perform minimally, who who embody all these behaviours. You still give them the same bonus and increments as everyone else. What message are you sending out there to the rest of the people? Okay, I be be like that. So, you know, I, I get my bonus and increment. Nothing is different. So... I might as well stop trying to operate with integrity. And, you know, there are people like that. Uh, when you tolerate insubordination, okay, then you're sending out a message that, okay, it's fine to be that way. When leaders do not accept feedback or input from people and they can't admit they're wrong. If you as a leader made a wrong move business-wise, then just admit it and say, okay, right, you know, we made a wrong move. Or even out there somewhere where you have made a wrong move that has uh, been detrimental to your our outside stakeholders, your customers and all that, have the convictions to stand up there and say that, I'm sorry, we made a mistake and we're going to right the wrong, okay? Of course, when leaders don't trust their people. Okay, lack of trust is a big mm. one that will erode organization culture. When there's no clear-cut people uh, value system for people to align with, all right? And of course, when you put profits, profits, profits above the people, uh, at some point in time, it's just going to cause people to be so demoralized because they'll say, you're not interested in us. You're just interested in what we can do to make money for you. Hmm. All right. Uh, Sheila Singham from Human Equation in our Tools for Transformation uh, series. We're talking about shaping a positive culture for your organization. I'll see you the last Monday of October. Uh, this has been Racing Game on Enterprise, BFM 89.9. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.